these are the these are the words of Jesus spoken to his disciples near the time of Jesus' crucifixion and death. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you are... um, Over the age of 40, you'll recognize one of these. (laughs) A Frisbee, yes. (laughs) Hey, you know, we probably, (laughs) that's about all they're good for these days. No, 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 it would shatter if I missed. (laughs) Um, um, I I found a few of these old things in uh, in the bottom and the back of an old cabinet at home because I wanted to, wanted to have one today. This one, uh, this one happens to be Carl Perkins' blue suede shoes. <laughs> oh, you know that one, huh? Here's uh, the Kingston Trio singing Tom Dooley. <laughs> oh, yeah? Boy, this would make a great sermon. I would just stop here. Uh, here's, here's one. Tom Jones, without love there is nothing. How about that? And then here's a Cat Stevens record, uh, Peace Train. Do you know Peace Train by Cat Stevens? Or Where Do the Children Play? That one's not so familiar to me. Old 45 RPM records. Um, I, most of us probably don't have anything to play them on anymore. <laughs> oh, you do. Okay. Okay. There's, there's always at least one. Sometimes you'll find in a pile of old records like that, um, you find one by the great blues master, Jimmy Reed. You recognize that name? Jimmy Reed from uh, New Orleans. He was a sharecropper's son and, and uh, was best known for, for um, his harmonica and his guitar that, that drove um, a rhythm and blues in Jimmy Reed that... Um, uh, that was very popular in the rock and roll mainstream. Big Boss Man and, and Bright Lights, Big City, and Baby, What You Want Me to Do. Those are a few of his, his songs that you may have heard at some time or another. One of the things I know about Jimmy Reed, I don't know a lot about him, but one of the things I know about him was that if you, 
if you happen across one of his recordings and you listen to it very carefully, you may be able to hear on some of the old 45s, you can hear a whispering woman's voice in the background of his music. The whispering voice of a woman behind Jimmy Reed. And what was going on was that as, as Jimmy Reed played and as he sang, he was known for getting so, so caught up in the rhythms and so caught up in the chords of the music that he would forget the lyrics. He would forget in the middle of the song, he would just go blank and start, well, just kind of humming. And so his wife, whose name was Mary, also, also a singer in her own right, Mary would sit or stand behind Jimmy Reed. And as he was singing and as he was playing, she would be whispering the lyrics in his ear. And, and every once in a while in one of the recordings, you can just catch the edge of her voice just for a moment. You can hear Mary whispering the lyrics into Jimmy's ear. And, um, and that's how the great rhythm and blues um, singer got, uh, uh, got so, many, uh, so many records and so many accolades for his music. Uh, Mary, Big Mama they called her. Mama Reed was standing behind him whispering the lyrics. I, I, I came across that story again, remembered that story. And um, as, as I was working through John 14 this week and hearing Jesus assure his disciples that he would send them another counselor, another advocate after he was gone. And it seems to me that, that Jimmy Reed's experience of needing, of needing his wife behind him, whispering the lyrics in his ear so he wouldn't forget them, that's, that's exactly parallel to what Jesus is telling us about the Holy Spirit and what he's sending the Holy Spirit to do. The role of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' words, John 14, is in effect to whisper the gospel word, to whisper the lyrics into the ears of the faithful. The Holy Spirit is, is comforter and friend and advocate, depending on which translation of John you read. But if you look in the ancient text, the word for Holy Spirit is parakletos, one who stands beside, one who stands beside. When Jesus was present, he was the one who stood beside his disciples and followers and instilled in them the right words and coached them through the proper understandings and the right responses and taught them the joyful commandments. But now as Jesus approaches his death, now that the disciples will be on their own without him, that task is to be handed over to God's Holy Spirit. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, Jesus said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you parakletos. He will give you one who will come and stand beside you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The primary task, then, of the Holy Spirit, according to Jesus, is reminding the faithful of the truth, jogging the memories of Jesus' followers about all his commandments so they can keep them. 
in love. The Holy Spirit stands beside us, Parakletos, the one who stands beside and whispers the lyrics of the never-ending hymn of faithful obedience in our ears. It may surprise us to think of the Holy Spirit as, as a quiet, whispering teacher of the commandments of Jesus. But, but that is exactly the picture of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's work that Jesus paints throughout the Gospels. Whenever Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit or whenever there is an interaction between God's Holy Spirit and Jesus, that's the nature of the, react, uh, of the interaction. It's not until later in the New Testament, the writings of Paul, where you find the Spirit advertised in flashier terms, the spirit that gives ecstasy, the spirit that evokes speaking in unknown tongues, the spirit that drops, that, that prompts dramatic and miraculous healings. Such things are indeed possible with the Holy Spirit of God, and, and we see them from time to time. But all of those are derivative of the one primary act of the spirit of which Jesus spoke often. The spirit stands beside us, Reminding the children of God of everything that Jesus taught and commanded. Whispering the gospel lyrics into the ears of the forgetful faithful. The reason we need the Holy Spirit murmuring the gospel in our ears is that we are notoriously forgetful. You and I. Like the great Jimmy Reed, we get caught up in the chords and the rhythms and the harmonies and we forget the lyrics. We forget the words. We know that we were created to serve and love one another. We know that. But as we live day to day, the pressure builds and the temptation grows to seek revenge. And sometimes we forget who we are. And who we are purposed to be in life. We know that we are created to serve and love one another. But pressure builds as we live day by day by day. And the temptation to amass things and to gather securities for ourselves is strong. And we simply forget who we are and who we are purposed to be. The rhythms and the tempos and the notes of life take us over and we are notoriously forgetful. But God's mercy is in part the grace of memory. God's spirit whispers in our ear, telling us what we cannot or will not remember, refreshing our memories about who we are and to whom we belong. When we face circumstances and situations that, that challenge us, that, that undermine our spirits and tempt us to do those things and to be those things which we know we are not to be or to do, when we are under stress, we remember the comfort and the demand of the gospel because the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit stands beside us, whispering the lyrics in our ear so we will not forget. Sometimes we're forgetful. And we need someone to remind us who we are and whose we are. And sometimes we are willful and slow. We are insist on our own way and are unwilling. I wish I could tell you how many times I've heard it. Unwilling to have someone else tell us what to do. Sometimes we're unable to see the consequences of our own actions. And the spirit seeks to warn us. 
There's a, um, a novel called The Known World written by Edward Jones. And he, he wrote this story about African-American people before the Civil War, while they were still enslaved and struggling for freedom. And he tells the story of Augustus. Augustus was an African-American man, a black man, who was a slave in the South. But Augustus had the opportunity to work and earn money. And so he did. And for years and years and years, Augustus worked and saved his money in order to buy himself out of slavery. And so he did. After years and years and years of work, he saved enough money and he bought himself from his master and walked away a free man. But Augustus had a wife. Her name was Mildred. And so Augustus set to work for years and years and years longer until he had saved enough money to buy Mildred from slavery. And he did. And so they were together again and they were free. But Augustus and Mildred had a son. His name was Henry. And they were only allowed to see Henry once a week at most. But Augustus and Mildred set themselves to work. By the time they did, Henry was already an adult. It had taken them so many years to buy themselves out of slavery. They set to work to buy their son out of slavery and to enjoy not only the fellowship of their family together again, but to enjoy freedom together. And so, after many more years, Augustus and Mildred succeeded and they bought their son out of slavery and they were united, a family and free. But one day... Henry came to his parents and he announced that from his former master he had purchased for himself a slave. Henry and Mildred were furious with Henry and it broke their relationship. They never spoke to each other again. It's a story symbolic story of what can happen to us if we're not paying attention and not listening. Having been freed from slavery and knowing the story of what had happened to his parents through the long years of their lives, Henry should have figured it out that it's not okay to enslave one another. More than the Christian Religion teaches the golden rule, do unto others. The Old Testament continually tells the Hebrews that because they were slaves and aliens in Egypt, they should especially care for the slaves and aliens in Israel. Having been freed by Christ, we should be able to figure out how to love and obey him, enjoy freedom ourselves and extend it to others. But you've got to pay attention to the lyrics, to the reasons and the values and the dreams of God and of the best among us. Henry didn't pay attention. He wasn't paying attention to that Holy Spirit that was alongside him whispering in his ear. 
or to his parents who had taught him well. In John 14, Jesus promises us another counselor, another advocate, the spirit of truth, so that through the spirit, the spirit who stands beside, will encounter again the living Jesus without his being present bodily. In order for us to grasp Jesus' immediate and intimate presence in his spirit. Consider this translation of of Jesus' words. One translator put it this way. I will ask the Father and he will give you another Jesus. He will give you another Jesus. We might want a comforter, but we get another Jesus. We might want an advocate, but we get another Jesus. Remember, Jesus both loves us unconditionally and also makes impossible demands upon us. When you've got, when you're God, you get to do that. Some of you are familiar with the phrase that was very common in another generation, a generation that knew about these. Dr. Livingston, I presume. You know where that comes from? Dr. Livingston, I presume. I remember hearing it as a child and knowing all about it. it comes from a, um, an expedition journalist, explorer, um, named Henry Morton Stanley. Henry Morton Stanley was dispatched to Africa in 1871 to find the famous missionary, Dr. David Livingston. Livingston was, well, he was the equivalent of a rock star in his day. He was well known throughout the world, especially throughout Europe. But Livingston had disappeared into the wilds of Africa and he'd not been heard from for years. And so Stanley... Henry Stanley was dispatched to find David Livingston. Livingston had been, had been sent by the London Missionary Society and, um, and was working somewhere in Africa. So Stanley tracked him down and he found Dr. David Livingston in a place called Ujiji near Lake Tanganyika in modern-day Tanzania. Tanzania. Well, Stanley spent, once he found him, took quite a while. Once Henry Stanley found David Livingston, he he hung with him for a while. He stayed with him. He traveled and worked with him, carefully observing the doctor and his work. Livingston never spoke to Stanley about spiritual matters, about Christian faith or religious life. But David Livingston's loving and patient compassion for the African people were beyond Stanley's comprehension. He could not understand how this missionary could have such love and patience with the backward pagan people among whom he was living and ministering. Livingston literally spent himself in untiring service for those whom he had no reason to love except for Christ's sake. Stanley wrote in his journal, When I saw the unwearied patience, that unflagging zeal, and those unenlightened sons of Africa, I became a Christian at Livingston's side. I became a Christian at his side, though he never spoke a word to me. What did David Livingston do that captured 
Stanley's imagination. What did Livingston do that, that caused Stanley to embrace Jesus as his savior? He did only what all followers of Jesus are called to do, what the Holy Spirit does. He came alongside people who needed help. He made sure that no one ever felt that they were an orphan in this world. That's what faith is all about. If you are feeling alone today, know that God is standing alongside you, your comforter, your advocate, whispering the gospel lyrics in your ear. God will not let you go. And if you know someone who is hurting, then you are called by God to be the advocate, the comforter, the one who stands beside them, whispering the lyrics in their ear. Jesus gives us God's Holy Spirit who comes alongside us, whispering the lyrics in our ears so we can't forget the hope and the love and the life that is ours through Christ. And then Jesus deploys each and every one of us to do the same, to come alongside others, whispering the lyrics in their ear so no one will have to live not knowing the hope and the life and the love that is ours through Christ. We're going to um, sing a hymn now that um, I have to confess to you is not one of my favorites. And so I think we've not sung it here in 10 years. (laughs) But today's the day. God will take care of you. The danger is, the danger is that we'll sing a hymn like that and we'll walk away thinking that we don't have to do anything. We don't have to worry about anything. We don't have to take any responsibility for our life. God will take care of everything. But that's not the intent of this hymn. The intent of this hymn is to suggest to you and me and to remind us that God is caring for us. God is standing alongside us, whispering the lyrics in our ear. And God deploys us to do the same.